This morning's reading is from 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, and that's on page 1225 in the Church Bibles. So that's 1 John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. And we pray that by your word and by your Holy Spirit, you would indeed speak to us that we may know more of your love and care. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Please be seated. It's over. Christmas Day is behind us. What's left? Turkey sandwiches? For most of us, I trust, there's pleasant memories of time spent with the family, of children's faces on Christmas morning, of Christmas services here in St. John's, the familiar carols and readings. And now... Well, the new year is almost upon us, just a few hours away. And then it's back to work, back to the daily routine, back to coping with relationships, some good, some bad, to making ends meet, to health worries, and to anxiety that some of the terrible things happening in the world might, in one way or another, impinge on us. So, in this in-between time, it's good to ask ourselves, what impact has the Christian Christmas story had on you and me? this time. Are we about to pack it away with the decorations 
and be swayed this way and that by whatever views are put to us? What do we look forward to? That, in a sense, is what John's first letter is about. He wrote to some Christians who were being disturbed by false and confusing teaching. In particular, teachers had come along saying, in essence, now look, look, the Spirit is good, but physical things are bad. The spiritual matters. The material doesn't. And that sounded very good. And indeed, on first sight, it was easier to follow than the teaching of the apostles. But the consequence of that false teaching was that some people in the church were taking the view that it didn't matter what you did. It didn't matter really how you lived as long as your spirit was okay. As long as you were right in your thinking. As long as your spirit is okay, they thought, it doesn't matter over much how you live. And so deeds done by the body couldn't harm the soul. The false teachers had come along and they'd said, now, what do you want in life? What do you really want in life? And what many wanted was just to be like their pagan neighbours. Just to fit in with the world around them. We've got good news for you, the false teacher said. Jesus saves your soul and it doesn't matter how you live. At least it doesn't matter all that much. And in the face of this, John comes along and tells them that religion without morality is an illusion. He comes along and tells them, yes, you must cultivate the soul. Yes, you must give much attention to your relationship with Jesus Christ. But you must also give attention to the way that you live, to the priorities that you have for the way you deal with one another. And the message which John delivered all those years ago is just as much needed today. And fundamental to it is 
what we've got in verse 5 of 1 John. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. God is light. That is, God is absolutely pure, absolutely holy, absolutely truthful. There is nothing imperfect in him. Sin and lies cannot abide in his presence. In him, John says, there is no darkness at all. Yes, but how did John know that? How did John know that the unseen God was light? Well, the first four verses of this chapter tell us that he knew it because he had met the living Lord Jesus when he was here on earth. And he had seen in Jesus what God is like. And he had heard Jesus teach that God is light. I heard several times over Christmas, preached in this church, uh, that uh, Jesus is God. Do you want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. John had met the Lord Jesus during his time here on earth. Yes, says John, we saw him, we heard him, we heeded him. Listen to this, verse 1. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we've seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I know God is light, because I have met God who is light. That is what John is saying. And now, he says, we're telling you about what we've learned from Jesus and urging you not to follow those false teachers who seem so plausible, who make the faith so palatable, so lacking in challenge. 
Now here in Hartford Church, we have just celebrated Christmas. We've seen the wonderful truth that God is love. A theme which John takes up later in this letter. We have seen that God loves us so much that he sent his son to take away all that stands between us and God. Jesus came to be our saviour. But we cannot see God's love properly or value his mercy as we should unless we first see that God is light. It's when we see God in his perfect holiness that we see our own need, our own desperate need, if we are to be in harmony with our creator. We see then that our sin must be covered if we are to live in God's presence. We need the Saviour. If we neglect the fact of God's holiness, if we fail to take sin seriously, we will be prey to all kinds of false teaching and false living. Verse 6 shows us that some of the people John was writing to were claiming to have fellowship with God but were living in such a way as to suggest that sins didn't really matter. Verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. You see, they thought that provided they uh, cultivated the soul, the spiritual life, all was well, irrespective of their harboring sin in their lives. On the basis of the holiness of God, John says, that will not do. True spirituality will issue in a life that is pleasing to God in all aspects. If we walk, that is, live in the darkness, without repentance and seeking the power of God's Spirit to be holy, we are not living by the truth. And the challenge to you and to me is this. Do we, you and me, do we profess to believe? Then let us see to it that our lives match our profession. Because it is then 
that the result will be as in verse 7. John says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from every sin. Did you notice? He says, we will have fellowship, not just with God, but with one another. And that's one of John's themes time and again in this letter. Fellowship with God, true spirituality, is evidenced by genuine fellowship with one another. Christianity expresses itself in harmonious relationships, not strife and bickering and bitterness. True fellowship is more than sharing a cup of coffee after the service though I trust many of you will. True fellowship is a matter of knowing and caring about our fellow Christians. It's about knowing ourselves to be and expressing ourselves to be a family of God's people. I wonder what somebody who's not a Christian coming through those doors this morning, I wonder what they'd, what impression they would get of us. But more than this, John not only speaks of fellowship with God and fellowship with one another but he says and the blood of Jesus purifies us from every sin we're not perfect we are all sinners who fall but we are cleansed purified day by day as we seek his grace to turn away from what's wrong and to seek to live in love and harmony with others, especially those who are our brothers and sisters in the church family. God is light. And if we know anything about our true selves, we know that we are far from being all that God would have us be. We need to be continually confessing our sins and being cleansed afresh. So let me ask you and ask myself the question that I believe these false teachers were asking 
the congregations John was addressing. What do we want in life? What do we really want in 2024? As the warm glow of Christmas recedes and the joys and the pressures of ordinary life return, will we have a daily concern to live in a godlike way? As we quite properly take comfort in the wonderful truth that God is love, will we face the challenge that God is light? Will we receive Jesus not only as our saviour from sin, but as our King, our Lord, to be loved, trusted and obeyed. Today, New Year's Eve, Hogmanay to the Scots among you, we wish one another a happy New Year. We don't know what lies ahead, but if our trust is in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, if he is at the centre of our thinking and our living, then I submit we will know true happiness. We will have true security. We will have a sure hope for time and eternity. And it is in that spirit and with that definition that I wish you a happy New Year.